When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is an Ian special report. Now reporting. Andrew Gunling is such a psychopath. The clock struck six. It meant one thing. Just horse. You're right. It was Nam. I got to give a closer look to Peter's region. Now, from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Andrew Gunling. You couldn't possibly understand the hurt. And tonight's ENN is brought to you by the Professional Fighters League. Andrew Gunling in for Peter Rosenberg. Peter will be back tomorrow. We know that? Uh, yeah, I'm fairly fairly certain of that. <laughs> Just the fact you said fairly certain. There's always room for change. Let's see, Don. We start out on this ENN by saying hello to, let's say hello to this caller. If you want Brandy Scott, give him Brandy Scott. <laughs> And now, how about this caller? Since I've been a Yankee fan since 95, I would say that. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> I would say that. And he didn't call back, so I'm going to assume he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we have never open lines. Could, there's a lot of people calling right now. He could be one of them. Probably. I don't say. I'm gonna Otherwise, assume he's, I'm just going to assume he's gone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be an optimist here and say he's still with us. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Uh, let's see. We start in and tonight. Yankees and Mets both have the night off as they prepare for a uh, pretty significant Subway series beginning tomorrow. Don, according to Vivid Seats, this series will feature the hottest Mets tickets in the last five years. Okay. It's also the second hottest sports ticket at Citi Field since 2017. You think you can guess the only other sports ticket at Citi Field in the last five years that was hotter than this one? in terms of how much it was going for on the second day. So you're telling me sports, so you're trying to hint that it was not a Mets game. So what was at City Field in the last five years would be the Winter Classic. January 1st, 2018, Winter Classic, Sabres-Rangers. Really not even close in terms of that to the what's second on the list. That was um, They had that one going for $255. Tuesday's ticket, so tomorrow night's game between the Yankees and Mets, right now is at 185. So okay. pretty, pretty big gap. God, it was so cold that day. Oh my God, it was me and Steve Goldstein. I was um, ice level for MSG Radio Network for 98.7, mm-hmm. and and Steve was doing it for Westwood One, and we were up against the glass, and it was just so. There might be I, I could probably find a picture on social media. We're just all bundled up, just <laughs> yeah. frozen. God, it was so cold. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Um, in terms of so vivid seats, not only do they give you the the price breakdowns, but they also project what they actually think the split will be in mm. terms of the two fan bases that'll be there. Want to guess at that? Oh well, listen, it's a Met home game, so mm. even though Yankees have more fans, it's still a Met home game. So I will still say the split would be sixty five thirty five. You nailed it. Yeah, you nailed it. Sixty five. What does Michael 35. say? Michael say Michael Koe says they don't give these jobs to chimps, chimps. which I think is insulting to chimps. Because uh, I've seen see. some of the, I've worked with a lot of people that I said, you know, I'd rather work with a chimp. <laughs> Today would not be one of them. So present company is excluded. good. That's good to know. Uh, Aaron Judge was named AL Player of the Week today. Four home runs, 11 RBIs, 474 average in the last week. Here was his home run from yesterday on Yes. Best player in Major League Baseball. Yep, sure is. 
He had three over the weekend in that series against Baltimore, and they were all just absolute bombs, including I think the one Friday night, 465 feet, was his longest of the season so far. He's he's locked in, clearly. Is, is there a world where I can be very complimentary of Ryan and his work on Yankee games and not insult Michael? So I would say yes, but there, but there's all you know how like the Twitter mob is. They're always going to take it a certain way. And I spin know. It. I I think he does a great job. Yeah, it's just different. He's great. That's all. It's clearly a different call. Mm-hmm. Oh but yeah, that, yeah. But different doesn't necessarily mean better. It's just different. They're both no, they, great. They have two really really great play by play announcers. That's a, that's a good thing. Um, speaking of Judge, so I, I would say we talked about this a little bit before the show, Don. Get used to seeing a lot of this over the next couple months, the kind of Aaron Judge is on pace for numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buster only tweeted them out earlier today. So he's currently on pace to finish the season with 60 home runs. He's right in the vicinity. 130 runs scored, 131 RBIs, 26 doubles. Um, so, yeah, but he's right in the neighborhood of that Roger Maris 61 number. It's going to be hard to keep it's pace gonna be with hard. it. But- now, obviously, when they're doing pace, it's per game, factoring in that he's not going to play. What have they played? 95, 96 games? So he's not going to play all six, whatever, 65 games they have left. Right. He's not going to play in all of them. He's just not. It just They just know they don't do it that way. Not that they're going to intentionally hold him back to stop from getting to 61. No, but their goal is to have right. a healthy team in the postseason, not for him to break Roger sure. Maris's 61 number. Now, I mean, if this happens or if he stays in that neighborhood, if he doesn't break it, but let's say he gets to 59 or even what they say here, 60. I mean, we spent a lot of time this past NBA season talking about the MVP race of Jokic and Embiid and Giannis Mm -hmm. and how great that was. If Judge does this, the Otani-Judge MVP race, I think, will be double, perhaps, the the interest level of of that NBA NBA one. That's right at that level, And, and maybe not as sexy, but even the Goldschmidt Alonzo could be pretty good. Well, Goldschmidt, I think, is over the last couple of weeks or so maybe taking the lead. It still could be fun. It's not a fait accompli of who's going to be an MVP in both leagues. But, boy, Otani doing what he's doing on both sides of the but ball if, like that. If, if he hits 60 home runs, is there – Well, I mean, there's well, really a world where that won't get him an MVP. It's, well, it's really incredible. I might be – I'm trying to – I'd have to go back. Who won the MVP – in 1941, because that was the year that DiMaggio had the 56-game hitting streak and Williams. And, and Williams hit 406. So somebody had to be the loser there. I'm trying to remember who won the MVP. It might have been Joe just because I know the Yankees won that year. Now, I remember back to 98 in the McGuire-Sosa battle. McGuire hit 70. He won the race, but Sosa won the MVP. Do you think if Because the Cubs if, went to the playoffs and right. the Cardinals and did. Right, and so if it's so. even close between Judge and Otani— the yeah, fact that the Angels go. will it, fall out of the race and the Yankees may be the may have the best record in baseball, will that do anything to sway it in favor of Judge? It's uh, it, shouldn't it? Right, like shouldn't it? I go uh, back and forth on that honestly because baseball it's a team sport, but it's kind of not. Like it's it kind of is like you can only do your part. And if Otani is among the best pitchers in baseball and the best hitters in baseball, he's done his part. There's nothing else that he can yeah. really do to influence. His team's success. Uh, DiMaggio won the MVP that year. And Ted Williams, uh, I guess, finished in second. Or what What award did he win? That was the, the Sporting, Lester Patrick Award. <laughs> the Sporting News Player of the Year Award. 
All right, that's something. Um, but, you know, the Red Sox were still pretty good. They were 84-70, and 70, but finished 17 games behind the Yankees. Yeah. I, I think if it's close, it should go to the team that did better because, again, it's most valuable player. Mm-hmm. If the Angels finish you know, under 500 and the Yankees finish with the best record in baseball, I'm sorry. It's, uh, yeah, as far as tiebreakers go, I guess that's a fair one. Plus, I mean, it's not like Judge is a zero defensively. He happens to also be a really good defensive player. Yeah, but he's not pitching. Like a, it's, it's God, can, can we... Not that I care about the Angels at all. I really don't. But can we just, if they were good, how much better would be, it be it for would baseball? It would be so cool if they, were, if they were good and playing playoff games with these players. I, mean, I, I tried to come up with the NFL equivalent. Because the NHL is easy. It's Dreisaitl and McDavid. NBA, it would never happen. You would never have two of the best players in the sport and the team be under 500. I think it would be impossible to do in the NBA. Unless you just got like the worst coach and like everybody else was like high school players. If you had two of the best players in the league. To, I'm trying to think of anything even close to that. Um I mean, look, the Lakers, but they were so ravaged with injuries this year. But, but by, by design. And still... I get yeah because yeah if if Davis was healthy all year, right? But but yeah, he wasn't. And, and football, I, mean, I don't know if he, it would be like Tom Brady and I don't know because I guess it could happen. Football, in football. is if you had Tom Brady as your quarterback and Aaron Donald on defense, I guess there could be a war. And you didn't have very good receivers and a bad coach. I, I mean, look, go back and look. Oh, I'd have to think of a second player, but. You can have a great quarterback and not succeed. There were some years where Drew Brees was the Saints' quarterback, and they were seven and nine. Yeah. Um, so it, it can football, happen. Football, Fo- we got to exclude. Yeah. And listen, it wasn't like the Angels have had bad coaching. I mean, they had you know, Joe Madden as their manager. So he won a World Series with the Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> he took the Rays to the playoffs back when that was a hard thing to do. Yeah. True. Um, let's see. Speaking of football. As uh, camps start opening up around the league, every year around this time, Don, uh, Mike Sando of The Athletic, so he polls 50 coaches and executives from around the NFL, and he puts all the league's quarterbacks into tiers. So he'll ask all 50 of these guys on a scale of one. If he's a first-tier guy, you give him a one, down second-tier two, and all the way down. And so um, then he takes the average of those numbers and places all these quarterbacks into different tiers. So there's five tiers. I won't have you guess all of them, obviously, okay. but, it, but do you want to guess the six quarterbacks who made it into Tier 1? All right, six quarterbacks in Tier 1. Yeah. I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers. He was number one. He had a perfect score. Everyone okay. had him top tier. Um, they probably still have Tom Brady there. He's number, yeah, he's in the top tier, number three overall. Josh Allen? Number four overall, yep. Okay, so... Well, Patrick Mahomes. He's number two. So how many... You need five and six. Five and six... I don't know what they put. I don't know if they put Stafford. He just won a Super Bowl, but he did not. He was the first quarterback in Tier Two. Okay, first quarterback in Tier Two. So who? So do they still have Russell Wilson there? No, no, no. 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 I must be missing somebody obvious. Um, no, no, they would put him in there. They would put Prescott in there. No. So whom? Let me just. Uh, I don't want to. I'm trying to hurry so we don't go through like, every division. The, they're both in the AFC. If that helps. All right. They're both in the AFC. Oh, Joe Burrow. He's six. Yep. Okay. And uh, well, I don't think Jackson would be there. There's 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 nobody else. So did Justin Herbert yeah. make it? Okay. That's right. Good for them. As I look at Ray Dinahan, who's staunchly anti-Herbert. Well, um, I mean. 
It's it's interesting that you're a tier one quarterback and you have not been to the postseason. So again, this is this is entirely based on the opinions right. of executives and coaches, uh, guys in the league. Now, in case you were wondering, both Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones were in the fourth tier. Sure, they give excerpts. But yeah, wait, so wait, how many tiers are there? Five. But there's only one quarterback in the fifth tier. G- Geno Smith is there all by Aww. himself. It is sad. It's lonely. <laughs> it's very lonely. Um, Shouldn't it just be amongst starters though? So, but he is right now, potentially. But he won't be. So they they actually have thirty five quarterbacks on this list, even okay. though because they factor in that there are some court, some teams are going to have competitions for it. So they they put thirty five in there that that okay. are eligible. Uh, one excerpt on Zach Wilson. Um, this person says, tell me one marquee player that he had around him last year. This is a, from another quarterback coach in the NFL. I still think the sky's the limit for this kid. He's got some young weapons now, and I think they're going to uh, going to be a lot better. Uh, one excerpt on Daniel Jones. This person says he has talent. He obviously can run. He has an okay arm, a defensive coach said. That kid holds the ball too long in the pocket, which leads to turnovers. I don't think he sees the game great. I like Brian Dable, so maybe that will change. I just don't see it with that kid. That's from a defensive coach. Mm. I, I I can't um I can't quibble I I can't I, and again who who would feel disrespected not being in the top tier I mean Matthew Stafford just won a Super Bowl but I I think he's good at tier two I I I can't I'd have to say even Justin Herbert I would say right now I, I guess you can argue there because again he's I never been to the him. playoffs before but look at the the Rams are such a good team. Yeah, yeah, it's is a tough. It, it's a tough beat for Stafford. Is it Herbert's fault they have made the playoffs? I mean, I'd have to look. Was how Not how was he me. in that game against the Raiders? I'd, I'd have to think about it. Oh, his numbers were crazy. Yeah, so I don't know. Again, guy just won a Super Bowl. <laughs> He's doing commercials, and and he's not a tier one quarterback. But again, I can't say I'm surprised because when I said it, I was like, I I didn't think he'd be. Yeah, in again, there. they have him right on the edge of it, uh, so he was close. But yeah, this is uh, they had him in tier two. Um, but it's interesting if you want to check it out on the Athletic. It's sure. it's pretty cool. Um, Don Woj reporting that the Celtics have engaged the Nets in trade talks for Kevin Durant. Um, report says it's important to note Boston appears no closer to acquiring Durant than other suitors: the Heat, the Suns, the Raptors. Uh, but the Celtics' ability to include all-star forward Jalen Brown as a centerpiece in the offer does help to make them a, uh, make them formidable in pursuit, sources told mm. Woj. Why do I just feel like it's not going to happen? He's staying. Uh, I agree with you. I think the same thing. Um, now, one thing I found interesting, our own resident Celtic fan, Peter Rosenberg, Yes, he tweeted this earlier about mm. that report. He said, "I've always said that KD was meant to be a Celtic at some point, but at this moment, the idea scares me." LOL. I was a little surprised. I would think that this would be something that Peter would be in on. Yeah, but I, I, I get it. I mean, look, we always talk about how when it's, you know, Jalen Brown was drafted by the Celtics. He was there for the the lean years, and now he's part of their success. So mm-hmm. you develop emotional connections to those kinds of players. So I understand they just had this run to the finals. Yeah. He was he was probably even though he had a couple down games, Tatum was not very good in the finals. Jalen Brown was probably their best player. Uh, so Boston fans probably feel you know well, a different type of way about him right now specifically. But your team is that close. And by the way, if Chris Middleton were healthy, I don't think they get past the Bucks in that series that went seven. They needed forty six from Tatum in Game Six to to extend it. So I'd do it if well, I. Were we'll them. talk to I'd Peter pounce. about this I would tomorrow. Pounce. Remind me this. We, we got to straighten him out. Yeah, I think that's a conversation we need to have on the air 
tomorrow with him. Remind me. I'd be curious for his for his explanation. I, I keep thinking back to um, Mark saying that we're going to work with Durant. I thought, that's so weak. I think it, it ended up being a great play. Hey, we're working with you, but look, at the, the, you have to agree. None of these things are really doing anything for us. Come back and give us another year. We've got Kyrie here. We're going to keep him, and then we'll, we'll reassess this next summer. And I think they're willing to gamble that Kevin Durant would not do what Ben Simmons did. No. And that is voluntarily but, sit out a season. But that's why I think just saying we'll work with you. Say, listen, we, we've been on board. We're trying to help you out. Well, now help us out. Do you really think any of this stuff is worth you? I mean, because right. it's also a shot to him, too. If they take less for him, that's like an ego blast to him. Maybe, although I don't know. He's different. I don't, I don't know. know that he, he cares. Is. He is different. Well, <laughs> he cares enough not wanting to, to be in Brooklyn. But I don't know. Um, I hope for Peter's sake it happens for his team. The trade? Yeah. Well, but apparently, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Peter, him. Yeah, Peter doesn't seem fully sold on it. Uh, here's ESPN's Nick Friedle saying that Boston's offer to Brooklyn could be appealing. As far as palatable for Brooklyn, any deal with Jalen Brown and a boatload of picks seems much better than Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and some picks. Uh, or whatever Miami could cobble together because it just doesn't seem like they would include Bam in, in any deal right now. So, yeah. On paper, the Boston thing makes the most sense. But, guys, what I would say is, does Kevin want to be there? Ooh. And if he doesn't want to be there, then what is Sean Marks going to do? Because they don't have to necessarily help him. But he's not going to—he's—he's—he's he's, he's not going to quit on the team. He can't. No, I don't think so either. And and I, I think I agree in terms of offers for Brooklyn. I mean, Jalen Brown is what he's. 25 I don't know if they're going to I don't know if there's going to be another player that could be coming back their way that would make this trade more palatable mm. to the Nets than Jalen Brown. So and I'm sure there'll be other pieces attached to it. Look, the draft picks that they'll get will be poor. They'll all be I mean that Celtic team will be great, so those are going to be late first round picks. Um but you get Jalen Brown, I don't know, I guess uh, is it silly to even consider it? I mean, he's good, but he's not Durant. And if the no. if the Nets call all these guys bluffs and they all come back, then that's a title contending team. So, yeah, maybe you just maybe you leave it alone. Well, yeah. remember, none of these players admit they quit, right? So I does he come down Durant, with a bad see, back? I and can't feel see like, it. I I I think it. Hurt. We all figure it out, right? It all comes out at the end of the day. He cares about his legacy. How would that look? He doesn't have a ton of years left. No, that see, that's the best point. Uh, it's he, like how many how many legitimate chances does he have to win a championship left? He's going to be what thirty four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would get. I'd say he's somebody who I, I think could play at a high level for the next. I'll give him four years. Okay, so that's four more chances to win a championship. If he mails in this year, now it's down to three. And it's not realistic to go out there and, and, and win you know three straight titles unless he ends up in like the perfect place. And he might end up in a place where it takes a couple of years. You know how long. Look at LeBron didn't win the first year in Miami. No. Look how long it took everybody to gel here and even be on the court at the same time in Brooklyn. So you're really narrowing down your opportunities to get that championship post-Golden State. Yeah. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, let's see. Zach Wilson. There was a lot made this past offseason of Tyreek Hill deciding between the Jets and the Dolphins. Hill was on first take today, and he explained why he chose Tua over Zach. I said once, and I'll say, say it again. You know, Zach, Zach Wilson is a dog, but I really play with the most accurate quarterback in the NFL, dog. So, in in fairness to Tua, he was seventh last year in completion percentage. Yeah. And we know Zach's had some problems yeah. completion percentage. Zach was a rookie. He struggled with some of that. I don't know. I guess I don't put too much in it, just Tyreek Hill talking up his new quarterback. But again, sense. Just, just more evidence that the Jets never had a shot at this guy. So the idea that they dropped the ball, it wasn't happening. He was going to Miami. He wanted to go play in Miami, and I really think the Jets' involvement was to just drive up the price of Miami. You're probably right. It was never going to happen. Yeah, I I would tend to agree with that. Uh, Don, you mentioned earlier, but it's worth mentioning again, a great actor, Paul Sorvino. has died at the age of 83, born in Brooklyn, here in New York. Uh, Obviously best known for his role in Goodfellas, also known for roles in Nixon, Dick Tracy, Nominated for a Tony Award in the play that championship season, but it was certainly Goodfellas that made him a legend. Is that your favorite movie of all time? Uh, it's tough to say. Um, it might be. It's definitely in the conversation. I mean, when you talk about rewatchability, which I think is a big tell, tell me it's it, it comes on and you're not sitting there watching. Extremely rewatchable. Yeah, you know, and there's and there's not. There's always there's always parts in even great movies where like this particular scene or this particular part in a movie I'm good. There, there's it's it's all good from yeah. beginning to end. It's, and he's great in it. He is very good. You know, it's something because he's surrounded by actors. I mean, he's extremely famous in his own right. But De Niro, Joe Pesci, he's surrounded by famous actors. But you immediately buy into the fact that he's the boss. Um, you know, despite the fact that some of the actors on screen with him may be more famous than he was. He just played that role perfectly. So, yeah, 83 years old. They uh, said natural causes. Yeah. I don't know, 83 seems young for natural causes. But I guess... I just It's weird when you hear what that. What are you implying? Well, no, no, just meaning that maybe they just haven't gotten to the bottom of it and it's nothing that they need to feel like they got to tell the world about. I mean, clearly he was... A little overweight, whatever. So was I don't know how healthy he was. He looked like he was fine. I don't know the last thing he was in, but he looked you know fine to me. But you I, know, I was looking at his IMDb page, and he had a couple projects that he just recently finished mm-hmm. filming on. So he was still working. Yeah, it looked like. But when you see somebody die at a hundred at natural causes, you're like, of course. How long can the body go? Eighty three. You just you figure there'd be a reason, but I, you know, they don't have to tell us. <laughs> I'm going to leave it alone. Okay, I think it's best. <laughs> uh, one more for you. I'm particularly curious what you think of this one. This came up a couple weeks ago. Uh, you were off, um, but now there's been some new developments to the story today. So the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot has come up with three different proposals to keep the Bears in the city of Chicago at Soldier Field in an attempt to stave off the possibility Mm -hmm. of the team leaving to go 30 miles northwest to the suburb of Arlington Heights. And, Don, all three proposals involve a dome or the ability to put some type of roof structure 
over the stadium. Now, it does sound like the Bears are prepared to move out of Soldier Field anyway, even with these proposals. Um, these might just be a last-ditch effort to keep them there. But how would you feel about a domed Soldier Field? Doesn't seem right, does it? Not to me either. No, but, it doesn't. But then again, you look at the – I mean, you're probably too young to remember. You know, Minnesota used to play outside, and I'm sure it was like, really? They're moving inside? All those classic snow games in Minnesota, one of the coldest places in the United States? Yeah. They did it. Trying to think of some other, like, but Green Bay, no offense to Minnesota, but they don't have the cachet that the Packers and the Bears do. But there's, so, yeah, it's, I don't know, for some reason for me, it's one of the, and look, I get their desire to do it. They want to be able to attract other events that's the to point. that stadium aside from just, you know, because the winter, obviously, it's not a usable facility. Um, you know, Final Fours, concerts, right, no, things that, like that's, that. See, that's, so that's why they got it. It makes it. sense, but. Ah. Because one of the most one of the most overrated things to me, when they talk about weather in the NFL, like it's a cold weather sport, you know, not in September. You you got to go like really into the second half of the season before you've got a chance of seeing snow games. All right, so if you look at it practically, all right, isn't it beautiful to see the snow, Packers, Bears, snow coming down? But really, what does that happen? Once or twice every few years, as opposed yeah. to getting a Final Four there, having uh, being able to have concerts year round. It, it just may, it's a really a no brainer. I think you just got to accept it. So you're in. You do it. Uh, if I had a choice, no. Okay. But I can't kill them for doing what is financially prudent, right? Yeah. They're going to miss out on so much. And look at that. And honestly, the Giants and Jets are cold. Would, would, would it don't matter? I mean, really, how many times do you really think of cold weather at MetLife or even Giants Stadium? I remember the wind blowing in the championship game against the Redskins. And I remember there was a snow game against Pittsburgh with the Jets a few years ago doing the pre and post. But really, just put a dome on it. The game's yeah, fast. I guess you're right. I just, for some who's reason. Who's built for cold anyway? Really, aren't you putting yourself at a disadvantage too? Like even Buffalo, like well, as great a, as in a passing but, league, you mean? Yeah, I mean in a passing league, as great as the the Bills fans, the Bill Mafia, and the cold weather, wouldn't it be better for their quarterback and their offense to have a fast track and a dome than putting literally putting themselves at a disadvantage if there was a blizzard? You're probably right, and then by that logic, I guess everyone should play indoors if that's if this is the direction that the league has gone. But I don't know. I just feel like it's it's probably one of my most old man takes that I just feel like football is a sport meant to be I know, outside. but really, honestly, the only thing you care about is snow. If you find that it's 20 below zero, it's not aesthetically pleasing. A, a, a monsoon in the rain. But it, but it does rain. become a story, like an interesting, fun storyline for a game. Yeah, unless when it's you your do. team well, you know, or, botching uh, right, the unless, kick. Unless you're there. But <laughs> well, it, being but, there is, yeah. it, it's not good. Yeah. yeah, some of these iconic games, Packers, Giants, NFC Championship, Coughlin, red-faced. I mean, that that would all just be you – know, he would yeah. just be in a, in a normal T-shirt on the sidelines. I don't know. It would just feel, just feel weird to me. I know. It would just leave, leaving Soldier Field's weird. Yeah, that well, that will certainly be weird if they move to a suburb of Chicago. Soldier Field, it's probably one of the most iconic yeah. venues in the country. What if the Packers move to, you know – I want more cheese.com stadium. I find it weird just that the, I never even <laughs> I find it weird just that the Packers used to play a game a year in Milwaukee was was a strange thing to me. I thought I think they played two. I, I got to look. I think they played two. It was like what do you because because there was a time 
that there was no such thing as nostalgia. It was why we're we playing in this old, <laughs> decrepit building. We've got people in Wisconsin. You know, we've got people on the other end of Wisconsin that want to see games too. By, by in Milwaukee. Well, they needed Let's to please that. the major right, market. Right. Yeah. It's only recently that we care about nostalgia. There was a time. I guess nostalgia is not a thing when you're in it. <laughs> I guess it doesn't become nostalgia until years later. <laughs> Um, and then finally, uh, a couple of New York sports icons going to the Radio Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Chris Russo and Susan Walden. Very, very cool. Very, very nice. Um, Well-deserved. Props to them. Um, so there you have it. And that is ENN for tonight, brought to you by the Professional Fighters League. Back on Friday, August 5th, watch MMA's League Live from the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden. Buy tickets now on PFLMMA.com. Oh, ENN is so so good. So much fun. Calls coming up, 1-800-919-3776. Don LaGreca on Yes and 9870 ESPN New York. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.